oh my god, finally. <laughs> Literally everyone else can do this. But no, apparently, no. I'm not everyone else. I'm Maddie special. can't. Maddie's special. She can't click. You're, you're doing. You're crackling. I can't hear you. It'll fix it in a second. Okay. But literally. I can find the remote so I can't pause my Arctic monkeys. Okay, well, that's fine. We'll have it in the background. I found the remote. I found the remote. Okay, yeah, pause it. Okay, that's good. Um, no. So, yeah, everyone else can do it, but apparently Maddie is a um, very I'm, special human being. I'm not everyone else. You're I'm not a everyone. blonde. You're, You're not like other girls. Is that your brother? Mm-hmm. He's not going to shut up. I swear to God, he's not. That's awesome. Same with mine. Okay. So can you guess, just guess what Kate's were doing today? I swear to God, if it's something Mendez Brothers related, I'm, I'm just... Just guess. What do you think it is? Nope. nope, I can't guess. Guess, guess. It's so I easy. Just... No, I don't guess. What case do you think we're doing today, Maddie? Based on what you know about me. And what has been We're going on? We're doing brother's case. Yeah, we are. We're doing the brother's case. Yeah, we are. <laughs> We're doing. <laughs> okay. Maddie knows, and everyone else knows that I know, knows that I have been obsessed with this case for the past like month. And for the past month, I have been falling deeply in love with not Eric. No, 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 not Eric, but, but with Lyle. Lyle. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's perfect, and they should not be in jail. And anyone who thinks that they should, you are wrong. Um, but anyways, yes, we are doing today the um. Well, I guess I should do the intro first. Like, yeah. Um, but welcome everyone to Pizza Crime, a true crime podcast where I sit down with friends and discuss kidnappings, murders, disappearances, and all that jazz over a nice warm plate of pizza, except we don't actually have pizza. It's just I made the name in, yeah. Um, but today's guest, we have Maddie. And I thought, what what best way to do one of my favorite cases, one of the cases I'm obsessed with, than to do it with one of my favorite people and one of the people I'm obsessed with. So you know, it clicks. And Maddie, I feel like also I would get into arguments with other people if it was not you because you agree that Lyle is the best. Yeah. And everyone else thinks Eric's the best. And I appreciate people's opinions, but they are incorrect. Like I said, my predictions were correct when you shifted. I shifted and I married Lyle. And my and my predictions were correct. Yeah, he's amazing. Oh my gosh, he's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Okay, so I guess we could just dive right into this. Um I almost said, okay, I almost sang, okay. Um, so Joseph Lyle Menendez um, was born January 10th, 1968. And Eric Galen Menendez, who was born November 26, 1970, are American brothers who were convicted in 1996 for the 1989 shotgun murders of their wealthy parents, live entertainment executive Jose Menendez, who should rot in hell, and his wife, Mary, who went by Kitty, who should also rot in hell, and they probably are rotting in hell. Um, so although the brothers were not considered suspects at first, suspicions about their involvement arose when they began to spend money lavishly after the murders. Um, and during the trial, the brothers alleged that they committed the murders because of years of sexual and emotionally 
and emotional abuse that they suffered at the hands of the parents, their parents, particularly their father. They were first tried separately with one jury for each brother, but both juries deadlocked, which resulted in a mistrial. For the second trial, they were tried together by the same jury, which found them guilty, and as a result, they were sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. So now we get into their life. Are you ready for the tragic life of these perfect boys? Yes, I'm so ready. <laughs> okay, so Lyle and Eric's father, um, Jose Enrique Menendez, was born on May 6, 1944, in Havana, Cuba. At age 16, he moved to the United States after the Cuban Revolution. Jose attended Southern Illinois University, where he met Mary Louise Katie Anderson, who was born in 1941. They married in 1963 and moved to New York City, where Jose earned an accounting degree from Queens College. The couple's first son, and the better son, the best son, um, Joseph Lyle Menendez, who goes by his middle, middle name, Lyle, um, and he actually said, I think in some, I don't think it was in court, but in like an interview, said that he doesn't want to go by Joseph. Well, because in his family, um, usually it's like his, um, the first son, like the first male is either given the name Joseph and Jose or Jose. Um, and so he was given the name Joseph because they were in America and, you know, um, but he doesn't want to be associated with his father. So, you know, he's like. I'm Lyle, which I mean, like, good for him. Lyle is better than Joseph anyway. Um, so Joseph Lyle Menendez was born on January 10th, 1968. Soon after Lyle was born, Kitty quit her teaching job and the family moved to New Jersey, where Eric was born on November 27th, 1970 in Glaucoucher Township. In New Jersey, the family lived in Hopewell Township, Mercer County, New Jersey. And both brothers attended Princeton Day School. In 1986, Jose's career as a corporate executive took the family to Beverly Hills, California. The following year, Eric began attending high school at Beverly Hills High, where he earned average grades but had a remarkable talent for tennis, as he ranked 44th in the nation for 18 and under players. Lyle enrolled at Princeton University, but during his freshman year, he was placed on academic probation for poor grades and attendance, and was eventually suspended for a year after being accused of plagiarism. So the whole thing with the with their schooling, um, Jose and Kitty wanted their sons to be the best. They wanted their sons to succeed and everything. And um, so they would do their homework for them. Um, Jose and Kitty would do the boys' homework. Um, and sure, that's great. They get 100 on the homework. Um, but then they were failing the test because they didn't know the material. Um, so Lyle actually got into Princeton because Jose made these gracious donations to the school and was like, hey, if you take in my son, my beautiful baby boy, you'll get even more gracious donations and you'll be one of the best schools in the nation. Like more than you already are because it was an Ivy League school and he wanted his son to go to an Ivy League school. Um, but then, you know, Lyle got suspended. Um, and Eric only really would have gotten into this great school because of his tennis um because he did not have the grades for it now getting into the murder um so on the evening of august 20th 1989 jose and kitty were sitting oh i don't like okay 
the kitty. Okay, if your name is Louise, where the fuck did you get kitty from? Like I'm, I don't like it. If my child's ever like, hey, mom, mom, my nickname's Kitty, I'm be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Because your name's not Catherine. Why would your nickname be Kitty? Like, even if your name, okay, that's the rant. Um, Jose and Kitty were sitting on a couch in the den of their house in, Be- in Beverly Hills when Lyle and Eric entered the den carrying shotguns. Jose was shot in the back of the head with a Mossberg 12 gauge shotgun. Kitty was awakened by the shots and got up from the couch. She was shot in the leg while running towards the hallway, causing her to slip on her own blood and fall, and was then shot several times in the arm, chest, and face, leaving her unrecognizable. Both Jose and Kitty were also shot in the kneecaps in in an attempt to make the murders appear connected to organized crime. And during the shooting, um, Jose was already dead, but Kitty was not dead yet, but they had already run out of bullets, so Lyle went back to the car, um, and he reloaded his gun, which the which the prosecution would use as premeditation. These these men could have stopped, but they didn't. They went back. They took the two minutes that it took to reload the gun, and they went back and they finished it finished it off. After they killed their parents, they went out to the theater, and um, they watched Batman. They were setting up an alibi, and then they went to the Taste of L.A. with a, with friends. So then, when they returned home later that night. Lyle made an infamous 911 call where he could be here um, shouting and crying, somebody killed my parents. And I'm actually going to play that call. I'm going to be very professional and play that call for you now. Don't you want to hear that call? You do. You want to hear it. I think this might be it. Oh, of course not. Of course. <laughs> okay. This is, um, you'll before see. Jody Arias. Before OJ. Yeah, before OJ. I don't care. Just show me the fucking call. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just want to hear the call. <laughs> And found their parents brutally slain. Were they shot? Yes. They could hear him care. talking to his brother, telling him, "Don't go near them." <laughs> Lieutenant Russ Olson, head of the Beverly Hills Police Detective Division, arrived on the scene minutes later. I knew what I was walking into. It's going to be two bodies that were somewhere in the house. So, yeah, um, that was just a short clip of the calls and also people talking, but we don't care about them. Um, so, yes, they said somebody shot my parents and the person said they were shot. He was like, yes, there's obviously emotion in his voice, but people are like, he's a cold blooded killer. And I'm like, no, he killed his parents and he loves his parents. He stated in court that he loved his parents, but he was scared of them. So, of course, you didn't. But OK, I rest my case. Um but when the police came, the brothers told them that they went to the theater to see Batman and then to the annual Taste of L.A. festival at the Santa Monica Civic Auditorium um, during the murders. The police did not order the brothers to go through gunshot residue tests to find out whether they had recently used a firearm, since the lack of evidence provided them from looking into the brothers more thoroughly. 
In the months after the murders, the brothers began to spend money lavishly, adding to suspicions that they were somehow involved in their, the murders of their parents. Um, Lyle bought a Rolex watch, a Porsche Carrera, and Chuck Spring Street Cafe, a Buffalo Wing restaurant in, restaurant in Princeton, New York, New Jersey. So he bought like restaurants, cafes, um, while Eric hired a full-time tennis coach and competed in a series of tournaments in Israel. They eventually left the family mansion unoccupied as they decided to live in adjoining condos in nearby Marina del Rey. They also drove around Los Angeles in their deceased mother's Mercedes-Benz SL convertible, dined expensively, and went on overseas trips to the Caribbean and London. It is believed that they spent somewhere around $700,000 during the time period between the murders and their arrest. The murders were in August 1989. They were arrested March 1990. That's less than a year that they spent $700,000, which the prosecution would later use against them. And I'm like, I can't excuse that. I can't. Um, come up with an excuse for it and be like well it's it's because of this it was but one thing that I can say is that they were 21 and 18 they had inherited 14 million dollars I'm sorry if I inherit 14 million dollars I'm going to spend 700,000 of it um in a few months because because we're irresponsible I'd be gone I'd be everywhere with that Honestly, like, you can't use that, but I guess the whole motive about wealth, you can. Um, so during the early stages of the investigation, the police tried to narrow their search down to people who would have had motives to kill Jose and Kitty. They also investigated potential mob leads, but nothing came out of them. As the investigation continued, the police believed that the brothers were most likely the culprits since they had obvious financial motives and were spending much more money just after the murders, which they did not have financial motives, they were being, okay, but it's fine, Emma. <laughs> In an attempt to get a confession from Eric, the police got Craig Siganarelli, one of Eric's close friends from high school and tennis buddy, to wear a wire while having lunch with them at a local beachfront restaurant. When Craig asked Eric if he killed his parents, so he just straight up said, Eric, did you kill your parents? Um, Eric said no. Um, but however, Eric eventually confessed to doing so, to killing his parents, to his psychiatrist, Jerome Oziel, who is another piece of shit. After Lyle threatened him, Oziel told his mistress, Judalyn Smith, about the murders, and then his mistress told the police about the brothers' involvement. Lyle was arrested on March 8th, 1990, and Eric turned himself in three days later after returning to Los Angeles from Israel. Both were held without bail and separated from each other. In August 1990, Judge James Alberich stated that, that tapes of the conversation between Eric and Ozio were admissible since Lyle violated doctor-patient privilege by threatening Ozio. However, since that ruling was appealed, the proceedings were delayed for two years, so they were sitting in jail for two years. Um, the Supreme Court of California then stated in August 1992 that most of these tapes were admissible except the one of Eric discussing the murders. After that decision, a Los Angeles County grand jury issued indictments in December 1992, charging the brothers with the murders of their parents. <coughs> so here we'll finally get into the trials, um, because there were multiple. Um, the case became a national sensation, 
when Court TV broadcasted the trial in 1993, which um, I watched that Court TV um, broadcast so many times, more times than I can count. Um, and it is excellently like done. Um, their defense lawyer, Leslie Abrahamson, um, our queen, our god, Leslie Abrahamson, became known for her theory that the brothers were driven to murder by a lifetime of abuse at the hands of their th- parents, especially sexual abuse at the hands of their father, who was described as a cruel perfectionist and pedophile. Meanwhile, their mother, as a piece of shit that she is, was described as a selfish, mentally unstable alcoholic and drug addict who encouraged her husband's abuses and she was also um, sometimes violent towards the boys. The trial ended with two deadlocked juries, and as a result, Los Angeles County District Attorney Gil Garcetti announced immediately that the brothers would be retried. The second trial was somewhat less publicized, partially because Judge Stanley Weisberg did not allow cameras in the courtroom. Um, also at the second trial, enduring it, Weisberg did not allow much defense testimony about the sexual abuse claims and did not allow the jury to vote on manslaughter charges instead of murder charges. So with the first trial, the boys, um, Lyle and Eric, were obviously up on the stand. That's where you get all these this footage of um, of them testifying about what happened, which is impacts the jury 100%. Um, and is a part of the, the defense's big thing. But um, in the second trial, they weren't allowed that, which isn't fair. I feel like, and there's a new law in California that was established in 2016 that says that people have to, um, if it's in terms of child abuse, especially sexual, they're allowed a retrial. Like you can't deny them. They can't deny being testified um, about that if it helps their case, even if it doesn't, you know? Um, But then on the first trial, again, they weren't going to be not guilty and set off. They were going to be, the jury would have either decided manslaughter, third degree, second degree, or first degree. Um, they had to decide which one. But on this one, it was first-degree murder charges. They committed first-degree murder. You have to find them guilty of first-degree murder. Um, <coughs> so, unfortunately, both brothers were eventually convicted of two counts of first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit murder. And in the penalty phase of the trial, they were sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. The jury said, and bless their hearts, that the abuse defense was not a factor in its deliberations but chose not to impose the death penalty because both brothers had no criminal record or history of violence prior to the murders of the parents which i'm pretty sure they did i'm pretty sure eric robbed a few banks but if that kept my baby boys off of death row i don't care what the jury thinks um however unlike the juries in the previous trials the jury in the penalty phase rejected the defense's theory that the brothers had killed their parents out of fear as it is believed that they committed the murders in order to inherit their father's wealth, which they did not do, but it's fine. During the penalty phase of the trial, Abrahamson apparently told a defense witness named William Vicari to edit his notes, but the district attorney's office decided not to conduct a criminal investigation. Both brothers also filed motions for a mistrial, claiming that they had suffered irreversible damages in the penalty phase as a result of possible misconduct and ineffective representation by Abrahamson. Um, But unfortunately, on July 2nd, 1996, Weisenberg um, sentenced the brothers to life in prison without the possibility of parole and also sentenced them to consecutive sentences for the murders and the charges of conspiracy to commit murder. So just like in their pretrial detention, the California Department of Corrections separated the brothers and sent them to different prisons, 
which is inhumane. How would like that makes me that makes my gears just turn. And since they were considered to be maximum security inmates, they were segregated from other prisoners. They remained in separate prisons until February 2018, when Lyle was moved from Mule, Mule Creek State Prison in Northern California to the Richard J. Donovan Correctional Facility in San Diego County. But they were housed in separate units until April 4th, 2018, when Lyle was moved to the same housing unit as Eric. Reuniting them for the first time since they began serving their sentences nearly 22 years earlier. The brothers burst into tears and hugged each other at their first meeting in the housing unit. The unit where they are housed in, in, is reserved for inmates who agree to participate in education and rehabilitation programs without creating disruptions. So they're model inmates, which doesn't surprise me because they are angels, angels on earth. <coughs> so on February 27th, 1998, so going back um, a few years, the California Court of Appeals upheld their murder convictions. And on May 28th, 1998, the Supreme Court of California declined to review their case, thus allowing the decision of the appellate court to stand. Both brothers filed habeas corpus petitions with the Supreme Court of California, which denied in 1999. Having exhausted their appeals, appeal remedies in state courts, they filed separate habeas corpus petitions in the United States District Court. On March 4, 2003, a magistrate judge recommended the denial of the petitions, and the district court adopted the recommendation. Then they, they then decided to appeal to the United States Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit, but on September 7, 2005, a three-judge panel denied both their habeas corpus petitions, although Judge Alex Kaczynski stated that the trial judge changed many of his rulings during the tr two trials. <coughs> um... So on July 2nd, 1996, Lyle married Anna Erickson at a ceremony attended by Abrahamson and his aunt, Marta Menendez, which was presided over by Judge Nancy Brown. But they divorced on April 1st, 2001, after Erickson discovered that Lyle was allegedly cheating on her with another woman, which I don't believe Lyle will do, but whatever. Um, but Anna was a model, um, but it's, it was her decision to divorce him. Um, in November 2003, Lyle married Rebecca Sneed at a ceremony in a supermax prison visiting area of Mule Creek State Prison. They knew each other for around 10 years before their engagement. On June 12, 1999, Eric married Tammy Ruth Sacco Mann at Folsom State Prison in a prison waiting room. Tammy later stated, our wedding cake was a Twinkie. We improvised. It was a wonderful ceremony until I had to leave. That was a very lonely night, which when I, like, I cried during that interview when I, when I was reading it and I saw it. I was like, poor Tammy, poor everyone in this case, except for Jose and Katie. Um, in an October 2005 interview with ABC News, she described her relationship with Eric as something that I've dreamt about for a long time. And it's just something very special that I never thought that I would ever have. In 2005, Tammy self-published a book titled they say we never make it, my life with Eric Menendez. But she said on Larry King Live that Eric also did a lot of editing on the book. Now, Lyle and Eric aren't, because they are considered maximum, like, they murdered someone, um, maximum security, even if they are in that whole thing with the, um, they're, the, the prisons are more lenient because they are, like, really good prisoners. Um, 
they're not allowed conjugal. I don't know how to say it, but conjugal, conjugal or whatever visits, which is where um a prisoner and their partner are allowed um, a certain amount of time for intimate relations. So usually like sex. Um, but they aren't allowed that. So um, in a 2005 interview with People, Tammy, which was Eric's wife, which is Eric's wife, stated, not having sex in my life is difficult, but it's not a problem for me. I have to be emotionally attached, and I'm emotionally attached to Eric. My family does not understand. When it started to get serious, some of them just threw up their hands. Tammy also stated that she and her daughter drive the 150 miles, which is 250 kilometers or kilometers or whatever the other countries use, um, every weekend to visit Eric, and that her daughter refers to him as her Earth dad. Despite his life sentence, Eric stated, Tammy is what gets me through. I can't think about the sentence. When I do, I do it with a great sadness and a primal fear. I break into a cold sweat. It's so frightening. I just haven't come to terms with it. In 2010, A&E released a documentary about Tammy titled Mrs. Menendez. In late 2017, A&E aired a five-part documentary titled The Menendez Murders, Eric Kills All, in which Eric, via telephone, recalls the murders and the aftermath. The series also shows never-before-seen photos and news interviews with prosecutors, law enforcement, close family and friends, and medical experts. So that was the case of the Menendez brothers. They are still in jail, um, and they probably, unfortunately, will always be in jail, which I don't believe they should. Um, um, Lyle Menendez is currently 52, and Eric Menendez is currently 50. They are both happily married. Um, Eric has a stepdaughter, um, and they see each other Every um every day, they sometimes watch movies together in their in their cell in Lyle's cell, um. But they do have to leave each other at nine p.m., which is when prisoners are supposed to be back in their um cells. Um, and yeah, what do you think? What do you think? I don't know. You basically, you're right about how the how they were driven to do it because of how their parents acted towards them and stuff Mm -hmm. and like paying colleges and doing their homework for them it's kind of like if you wanted your kids to be successful on their own then you wouldn't be doing then you wouldn't be doing that because um because like you obviously said they need to be successful on their own and then they're out here pulling stuff by doing their own homework and stuff and all that and sending it in and paying colleges to take their kids in and then their kids do poorly and it's like they're not successful because they're not doing anything they're doing it for them yeah these kids were raised in a very spoiled household but i don't think they were necessarily spoiled to the point where they would want to murder their parents for their money because i feel like they they could have been they could have been really spoiled and maybe could have killed their parents for the money if jose their father was not raping them i feel like that was like a thing where it's like okay like we're scared like it it, they lyle and eric both said that their parents said that they were going to kill them if they told anyone and they were getting older so of course they were like we're going to tell someone and they were like, then we'll fucking kill you. And then they're like, well, what the fuck are we supposed to do then? Even if we tell someone, how are they, why are they going to believe us? The, 
only rational thing that came one into their mind is we have to kill them and that's not rational but as Aver as Abrahamson um as Leslie said their um attorney boys little boys because they were considered little because they were like 21 18 um children do would love their parents these children love their parents they would not murder their parents without reason and the prosecution said well the reason was wealth and everyone else his sane mind um say no the reason was because they were getting raped by their father and they had been getting raped by their father since they were six and their mother just stood around saying that they were going to kill them if they did anything that's the reason they loved it. Lyle even said, I love my parents so many times during his like testimony. You wouldn't love your parents if you killed them. You would love them like without a reason. Okay, but it's just yeah. It's the whole thing. And then but speak. You were gonna say something? But yeah. Uh but yeah, I was gonna say, but there are petitions and I signed so many of them. Um where you can be like um, justice for them or a retrial. Um, but they have said previously, Lyle has said it a lot and Erica said it, how they have accepted their sentencing and they just try to make the best out of it. <coughs> Eric has gotten into religion and um, has been helping people with that. Um, Lyle, um, I'm going to have to check my notes again. I completely forgot. Lyle, I put it in the notes app. Give me a second. I don't know where I don't know where I put it, but um, it's having to do with Lyle said that um, he wanted to make murals on the walls um, so that on the prison's walls he. Um, he does a lot of things for re- rehabilitation of the prison system. Um, and they're both very active, like activists with the, um, with it all. So they're very, they're very good inmates. Um, but yeah, so they, they're making the most of it. They said that they just have accepted it and they try and not think about it, which I applaud them for. I wouldn't be able to just not think about it. I would have been like, I'm here forever. What, like how am I supposed to be here forever? You know. Yeah, and also didn't you like say that Lyle would work with like the dogs for like the veterans, the autistic yeah, kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he would, he would, he would help. He helps raise dogs, at least from what I read. Um, in 2018, in 2019, I don't know if he's still doing now. Um, I think he probably is just because of what who who he is as a person. If they're still like allowing it, um, he helps raise dogs for veterans and kids with autism, and like he helps train them and stuff. And he has a job in prison where he makes, like, money. Because there are jobs in prison where you make money. It's very minimum wage. But um, it's, like, you can make money. And you can have these special privileges where you can, like, buy better lunches, buy stuff from vending machines, all that stuff. Um, and if you save up, probably buy stuff from, like, stores, actual stores or whatever. Um, but, yeah, that was the Mendendez Brothers case. And I will link the um, Pizza Crime Instagram where I will have... Um, Lyle and Eric Menendez, when they were, um, when they killed their parents, um, I'll have Jose and Kitty Menendez, like the family portrait. I'll have them now. I'll probably have them with their wives. Maybe I'll have, um, a crime scene, um, photo, which I'll put a trigger warning for, um, 
but yeah what did like that was the case and i'll see you next week hopefully i might not because it is no i will because i don't like hanging out with my family so i probably will um there's no family really to hang out with um but yeah see you next week hope you enjoy this video and not video hope you enjoy this episode and as bella would say don't murder innocent souls bye maddie say bye i don't want to i don't like goodbyes Why don't you say see you next time okay see you next time <laughs> see you next time <laughs>